Take your Bible, please. Turn to Psalm 87. Psalm 87 is a short uh, psalm. We've seen a couple of these short chapters recently. Uh, we saw a very short uh, chapter in Isaiah last week and uh, a short psalm recently. A short psalm here tonight, just seven verses. Uh, Isaiah, forgive me, Psalm 87 has been called... It's been called a few things. Uh, among those things, uh, it's been called a national anthem for Israel uh, in which uh, the people rejoice in their God uh, and his earthly dwelling place. This, this psalm is very much a celebration of Zion or, or Jerusalem uh, and, and the reasons and purposes that it is worthy uh, of such celebration. And so we'll, we'll see that here tonight. Let you sit. Uh, you, you just sat down, so uh, stay there, stay seated. But let's let's read through Psalm 87 here tonight. The title, uh, the inspired title, says a psalm uh, or song for the sons of Korah, which, of course, they were uh, involved in, in leading the worship uh, at the the, the tabernacle uh, or the temple, uh, the temple. And um, it's, it's either for them or by them. By them might be implied. In any event, we know this is a worship song uh, or psalm. Uh, here's, we'll, we'll read through it. Uh, his foundation, verse 1. His foundation, the Lord, his foundation is in the holy mountains. The Lord loveth, verse 2, the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Glorious things are spoken of thee. Uh, the here would be Zion or Jerusalem, personified, I believe. He calls it the city of God, O city of God, Selah. Stop there, pause, meditate on that for a moment. Verse 4 is a little bit of a difficult verse. We'll come back and, and consider this. He says, I will make mention of Rahab in uh, Babylon to them that know me. Uh, behold, Philistia and Tyre and Ethiopia, this man was born there. Verse 5, and of Zion it shall be said, this uh, and that man was born in her, and the highest himself shall establish her. Verse 6 continues, the Lord shall count uh, when he writeth up the people that this man was born there, Selah. And then verse 7, as well the singers as the players on instruments shall be there, all my springs are in thee. I think there's some difficulties here, and probably this is the reason that there's, there's not a lot of passage or, or messages that you'll hear uh, pastors preach from Psalm 87, but Rich, we're not afraid. We're not going to skip over uh, because of some difficulties of interpretation, maybe. We have the Spirit of God. We have all of Scripture, uh, and so tonight I believe we can understand this psalm uh, and be greatly encouraged by it. I believe tonight it pictures clearly Jerusalem, Zion, uh, a place that is worthy of celebration, uh, of glory, because Maryland of how the Lord has worked there, uh, how, how the Lord has been present there uh, at the temple in the past, uh, how he has been honored and glorified there at his temple in the past. I believe this short psalm also pretty clearly looks ahead, alludes to uh, the New Jerusalem as well, uh, and all the glory that the Lord will know, and the blessings that we will know there as well. So 
Uh, we'll, we'll look at both of, of these um, probabilities tonight. Uh, the reasons that, that Zion or Jerusalem uh, was considered glorious and, and worthy of God's love in, in his eyes and uh, how the new Jerusalem perhaps will be worth, worthy of even more glory uh, as part of the, the hope that we look forward to uh, even tonight. So let's stop there and pray, uh, and we'll jump in and consider some of these things. Father, we thank you, Lord, tonight for uh, this psalm. And Lord, I know tonight it's, it's probably looked upon as one that is uh, somewhat difficult to, to comprehend and, uh, and to apply, but I, I thank you, Lord, that we can. We have uh, you, we have your help, we have all of your words uh, to compare and contrast and, and to uh, help inform our understanding. Uh, Lord, what I know for sure tonight is that you are a God uh, who has chosen uh, to use specific places uh, for your honor and your glory. And certainly, uh, you have used the place that is Zion, uh, that is Jerusalem, uh, for your honor and for your glory. Lord, we we think all the way back to the account of, of, of Abraham and, and Mount Moriah and, and the things that happened there, uh, clearly picturing our Savior. Uh, Lord, the same place uh, is so worthy of, of your glory uh, as you chose it to be the place of your presence, the place of your uh, temple. Lord, it's the place where our Savior was uh, crucified for our salvation. Uh, Lord, we understand as well that there will be a new Jerusalem, uh, a place of many blessings for your people, and a place uh, at which uh, praise, honor, and glory will accrue to you. Father, I pray tonight that we'd be encouraged uh, at these things, uh, these things that please you, uh, that you have used for your honor and your glory. I pray, Lord, tonight that you'd encourage us with the same. Father, help me now. I most certainly need that, and I ask you for it tonight. Lord, work here now for your honor and for your glory. Father, we pray this tonight in Jesus' name. Uh, amen. Can we handle this psalm, church? Can we handle it? We can. We, we can handle it. Let's jump in tonight. Uh, look, look back at the title. Remember the titles, uh, not things that have been added by editors, but the, the psalm titles are part of the inspired text, a psalm uh, or song for the sons of Korah, those uh, that were tasked, uh, these who were leading uh, worship. Uh, it's either for them, literally, Brother Ray, as I've already said, or perhaps by them for their use. doesn't really matter. What, what matters is that these are God's words, uh, and we know that they were employed uh, in, in a worshipful way in the past, and we want to employ them in the same way tonight, in a way that will bring honor and glory uh, and praise to the Lord. That, that'll be our desire tonight as well. Uh, so it's a psalm or a song for the sons of Korah uh, for their use in, in worshiping the Lord and, and for our similar use. And it begins uh, there in the title, His Foundation is in the Holy Mountains. Well, who's the his? Uh, if we have a his and doesn't seem to be identified, but you probably just assume that's the Lord, right? It's, uh, it's, it's just uh, as the psalm opens, there's, uh, there, there's a picture of, of the Lord, him. Uh, his foundation uh, is in the holy mountains. So uh, pretty clearly, e even if we didn't know anything else about the psalm, uh, we know, Gary, there, there's a place of, of mountains 
that have been sanctified by the Lord, where, where the Lord has, has chosen to sort of base his operation uh, upon the earth at, at least for a time. We know Jerusalem is a place of hills, and uh, Zion is a hill uh, among the hills upon which Jerusalem uh, is built. Uh, we, we know that this is a place uh, that David went in and, and, and conquered, uh, a place that had been um, a Canaanite stronghold. And uh, we've seen recently in our study through 1st, 2nd Samuel, uh, David was able to conquer uh, this place. Uh, and it became the city of David, and, and it was used greatly of God uh, thereafter. So uh, his foundation is in the holy mountains. Uh, the Lord has used this place uh, that, is it, that is Zion, which is a component uh, of the broader Jerusalem. Uh, why would that place be called holy? Uh, why would that place be holy, Brother Gary? What would make that holy? It's, it's God's place. It's the place that God chose uh, for his presence and, and to accomplish so much uh, of what he has chosen to accomplish there. It's a place that he has sanctified uh, for his holy purposes. And so, uh, yeah, clear, clearly it's, it, it's the Lord and, and his presence that has sanctified the, the place that is Zion uh, and the broader place that, that is Jerusalem. Look at verse 2. Uh, the Bible says, Psalmist says, the Lord loveth, uh, Jehovah loveth the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings uh, of, of Jacob. This is a place that the Lord has chosen. Again, one of the hilltops upon uh, which Jerusalem is built. Uh, this word Zion, uh, it's, used, uh, it's used so many times throughout Scripture. It's very familiar to you, of course, uh, 37 times in the Psalms. As we continue our Sunday school series through the book of Isaiah, uh, we'll see the word Zion used uh, more than 40 times. I believe it's 47 times. Uh, and, and it's a reference to the, the specific place that is Zion, one of the, the hills amongst those of Jerusalem. Now, we understand that, that over time, the word came to be used sort of more generically uh, as a reference to Jerusalem as a whole, but it, it, does have a, it does have a specific literal meaning in terms of a specific place uh, amongst the hills of, of Jerusalem. And it, it's a place that, again, we understand God has chosen uh, and used very greatly. And so uh, having, he having chosen it and sanctified it uh, for his purposes... Uh, verse 2 says he, he loves this place. Uh, he loves this place. Is there a sense in which God has chosen us and sanctified us for his purposes? Church, church, is, is that true? There, there, absolutely there, there is. And I don't want to you know, overly spiritualize this, this psalm that is about this place uh, and God's purposes for this place. But I can't help but think about that as I, as I think about how he's chosen this place and, and sanctified this place uh, for his purposes. He's chosen people and sanctified his people, uh, set us apart from sin, saved us and, and sanctified us for his purposes as well. Why did he do that? Well, it's because he loves us, right? Uh, John 3.16 gives us the reason, right, Marilyn? He, God the Father loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son, right, that, that we might be saved and uh, saved from hell and, and sanctified for uh, his use, his, his good purposes, uh, the Lord loves these places that he's used for his purposes. 
Uh, Gary, I suspect he loves the people that he's sanctified for his purposes that much more. Uh, but certainly he, he's a God who chooses places uh, for his purposes. Look at verse 3. Uh, this place, Zion, uh, amongst the hills of, of Jerusalem, it's called the city of God, uh, and it's called glorious. It's called the city of God, and it's called glorious. Verse 3 says, glorious things are spoken of thee. So Richie is kind of personifying the place. Uh, thee, Zion, amongst the hills of, uh, of Jerusalem, glorious things are spoken of thee, and he says this, O city of God, uh, Selah, Selah. Why, why would this place be called the city of God? Why would it be called the city of God? Well, again, we know this is the place where the temple uh, was erected. It's the place that God chose for his special presence to reside uh, amongst the people. Brother Ray, it's the place where he chose that he would be worshipped uh, in, in his special presence through the sacrifice. Who did those sacrifices picture? I forgot. They pictured Christ. Amen. Uh, they pictured Christ. I understand in the millennium there'll be a millennial temple. And just, just as the uh, sacrifices of the prior temples uh, pictured Christ who would come uh, and die upon the cross. Evidently, there's going to be a millennial temple where sacrifices will be reinstituted. And Gary, they'll cause us to look back and remember the Savior that I see here in the millennium, the, the one who is, who is present physically uh, in his uh, resurrection glorified state is, is the one who's pictured in these sacrifices uh, who all the way back, <laughs> all the way back there, uh, about at least 2,000 years back, right? Uh, he's the one that, that died that, that bloody death for us. And we'll be there present with him uh, in the millennium because of that, because of that. And we'll, we'll, we'll rejoice and we'll glorify him for this. Uh, Jerusalem here, the Zion is called glorious. Uh, it's called the city of God. It's the place that was chosen by God. You just make a note here. I'll give you a cross-reference. Psalm 132, uh, verses 13 and 14. You turn there if you want, but just, just make a note, please, uh, at least. Psalm 132, beginning in verse 13. The Bible says, the Lord hath chosen Zion. He hath desired it for his habitation. It was the place that he chose. He says, this is my rest forever. Here will I dwell, uh, for I have desired it. He chose that place, and he sanctified it for uh, his purposes. Marilyn, he loves it because of that, and it's a glorious place uh, because of that. I, I used to say a lot, I used to think a lot, Brother Garcia, that I would, I would love to go to Jerusalem. I used to think that a lot. Boy, I just really want to get to Jerusalem. I think there'd still be, that'd still be pretty neat, right, to be able to go and walk among the places that, that Christ walked. And, Mike, I think we, you and I may have talked about this at one point. I, I always wanted to do that. And maybe I, maybe I will, the, this side of heaven. But what I know for sure is that in the millennium, 
we will have the privilege to be there in this glorious place that is the city of God, the place that he chose uh, where his presence resided and will reside again with us, the place that is glorious because of him and, and how he's used that place. We're going to experience that place uh, even if it's not this side of heaven, amen? Gary, we'll look forward to walking the streets of Jerusalem together uh, in that day. Uh, we had some time on the streets of Bridgeport. It was yesterday, right? I, I don't think that will compare to spending some time in the, in the, the glorious streets of uh, Jerusalem together. We're gonna, before we're done tonight, we're going to look at um, the new Jerusalem as well. And, you know, even more glorious. I, I believe there at, at the end of, of the millennium, we'll see a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem coming down. And uh, that's really heaven on earth, right? That's the place of our uh, eternal presence beyond the millennium. I believe the Bible shows us that pretty clearly. We're going to have the privilege to walk together in that place as well. And uh, that'll be a wonderful, glorious uh, privilege that, that we'll enjoy together. This place is called Glorious. Uh, it's called the City of God. Uh, make another note, please. Psalm 48. Make a note. Psalm 48, verse 1. Bible says, great is the Lord. Someone say amen. Someone say, someone say amen. <laughs> great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness. In the mountain of his holiness. Would you turn back there? I, I, didn't, I didn't say turn there. But would you go back there to Psalm 48 just for a moment, please? If you haven't turned there, uh, would, you, would you do me the favor and just quickly turn back to Psalm 48? Uh, part of Psalm 48, verse 1. Verse 1 says, Great is the Lord uh, and greatly to be praised uh, in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness. What's the first word of verse 2 there? Are, are you there? What's the, what is it? Beautiful. Psalm 48, 2, the, the first word of verse 2 uh, is beautiful. Do you remember how we, we looked recently? Marilyn, I forget, was it last week? We looked recently at, at what is beautiful in God's eyes. And one of the things that we saw, and we can see this throughout Scripture, is that which is holy is beautiful in God's eyes, right? So, uh, Mike, he's, he's sanctified us in a sense of giving us that position of holiness uh, in Christ before him. And he sees us as beautiful because of that. And, and as we allow the Holy Spirit to sanctify us practically, uh, to grow an increasing practical holiness in our lives, the Lord looks upon that practical holiness and, and he sees beauty. That is what's beautiful in God's eyes. Philosophers debate what is beauty? What is the essence of beauty? Artists debate what is beautiful? What, 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 it, what makes for beautiful art? None of that matters. What matters is what does God say uh, is beautiful? And he says holiness uh, is beautiful. Rich, I think I said recently when we first looked at this recently, I said, listen, uh, if you want to be beautiful, be holy. If you want to be beautiful in God's eyes, be holy. And whose eyes should we care about more than, than his eyes? It's just very interesting, all, all of that to kind of just take us back to that, uh, that recent um, uh, message where holiness and beauty uh, were combined. We see the same thing here. Uh, the city of God, uh, Zion, Jerusalem, is called the mountain of his holiness. Uh, and the next word, the very next word is beautiful for situation, uh, the joy of the whole earth. 
is Mount Zion. It's beautiful, Maryland, because of its place, perhaps, but it's beautiful. Uh, It's more beautiful because of its holiness. It's chosen of God, sanctified by him for his purposes. There's a beauty in that. The joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion and the sides of the north, the city of the great king, capital K. uh, God is known in her palaces for a refuge. Gary, I had to include verse 3 because it's just awesome, right? What a wonderful comfort there is uh, in verse 3. God is known in her palaces uh, for refuge. Where do you go when you have trouble? Where do you, what do you do when you have trouble? Where do you go when you have trials? Marilyn, we have lots of choices, right? We do best to go to him. He's our true refuge. Uh, he's our true refuge. And Uh, We look forward to a day when our true refuge will be physically present with us and us with him uh, there in the millennium and in the new Jerusalem beyond. We'll get there tonight, I I promise you. We're not leaving until we we get there. Uh, This place would be counted worthy uh, to be called glorious, no doubt, because of all of the things Uh, that we have said up to this point tonight. Verse 3, glorious things are spoken of thee, uh, O city of God. It is the city of God, chosen by God, sanctified by him, the place where he would be worshipped, the place where Christ would be uh, sacrificed upon the cross for us, for for our uh, salvation, so that we could be sanctified and uh, not only know the Lord, but but serve him in a, in a close relationship. Uh, all, all of this, this, this place is a glorious place. It's made glorious by uh, all of these things. Uh, it is the place, I've mentioned already, where the Millennial Temple will be. And, uh, I, I have mentioned that. We've talked about that tonight. But just make a note, we, we saw this reference to the Millennial Temple also recently back in Isaiah 2, right? Sunday mornings in Sunday school. Uh, We're working our way through Isaiah 2 and all the way back in, all the way back, we're just in five now, but in chapter 2, verse 2, we saw references to the millennial temple as this place the Lord will be worshiped. The mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. People from uh, all lands will we'll go there in the millennium uh, to worship the Lord, to this wonderful, glorious, sanctified place. Uh, and we'll be reminded, Marilyn, that it's a wonderful, it, it's a place that's wonderful and glorious and sanctified because of Christ, who is wonderful and glorious uh, and absolutely holy, and who made it possible for us to be holy in God's eyes, beautiful in his eyes, uh, wonderful truths. Verse 3 there, uh, Isaiah 2, 3 says, Many people shall go and say, Come ye, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. We have much to look forward to. Uh, we have much uh, to look forward to. Now, it's, it's really here in, in verse 3 that uh, some have said, you know, uh, the, the, a word like glorious, a, a word like glorious uh, combined with city of God, which clearly is Jerusalem, you, you can't help but consider all of those words together and say, well, it's, it's true that the Jerusalem that we have here uh, upon the earth today is glorious, 
for all the reasons that we've said. It, it is. It's been used greatly of God for uh, his biggest purposes. Uh, but Gary, I, I think it would be fair to say that the glory of the Jerusalem that we could go and visit today, it cannot possibly compare to the glory of the new Jerusalem that, that we will know beyond the millennium. And uh, that's called the city of God also. Uh, Revelation 3 and verse 12, the new Jerusalem, the city of my God, John said. What's well, Jesus speaking there, actually? The city of my God, which is new Jerusalem, uh, which will come down from heaven from my God, uh, the Lord says. Uh, in a few minutes, we'll, we'll look a little bit more in Revelation 21 and 22, Maryland, where the new Jerusalem is described and you know, you, you can't help but get excited about that. John says uh, in, in the vision he saw of the new Jerusalem coming down after the tribulation, uh, after the return of Christ and us with him, uh, after Armageddon, uh, beyond the millennium, it would seem. Uh, John says, I saw, Revelation 21.1, I saw a new heaven uh, and a new earth. Uh, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. Uh, and there was no more sea. Isn't that interesting? Uh, and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. That'll be a glorious day. That's a glorious city, the New Jerusalem, coming down from, from the third heaven, from, from God who's prepared it for us, uh, a glorious dwelling place for uh, his people to dwell throughout all of eternity. As much as the current Jerusalem that we could visit today is glorious for all the reasons that we've said, uh, the new Jerusalem will be that much more glorious for those reasons and more. Christ will be there with us in his glorified state, and we too, uh, in our glorified resurrection bodies, experiencing all the blessings uh, all the blessings of our uh, eternal state. Well, let's come back now uh, to our passage. Look at verses 4, 5, and 6. They're a little bit difficult, right? You look at verses 4, 5, and 6, Mike, and you might scratch your head a little bit and say, you know, Lord, I, I, I'm tracking with you up to this point, but, but I'm not really sure uh, where you're going in, in, in verses 4, 5, and 6. And I, I think it's something like this. I think the Lord is saying, listen, uh, the psalmist is saying, as the Lord is giving forth these words, inspiring him to write, the psalmist is saying something like, listen, there's all kinds of great places on earth. Uh, there's, there's places that are great because uh, the, the people, not necessarily godly people, uh, have been great in a sense of, of powerful. Babylon uh, was great in the sense of its accomplishments and its military might, but wicked, right? Absolutely wicked uh, in every way. Uh, Egypt, which I think here is called Rahab, or yeah, Rahab. I think that's a reference to Egypt. We see that several other places throughout the Old Testament. One other place in the Psalms, I believe, it's pretty clear that that word is used as a reference to Egypt. Rich, it, it was great in the sense of its accomplishments, its, its earthly, worldly accomplishments, and, uh, and its military might. It was great in that way. And uh, and people who, uh, people who were born in these places, people who were from these places, uh, probably uh, rejoiced. Oh, I'm I'm from I'm from there. 
Uh, I'm from there. People do that today, right? Uh, if, if they're from someplace that's famous or popular, they like to say that, right? I grew up in a cornfield in, in upstate New York. Uh, I don't brag about that a lot. Are you from someplace that people brag about? Brother Ray, you're from the greater Albany area, right? Do people brag about that? They go, <laughs> they, they don't brag about, well, people do, though, about other places, right? And I think this is the idea here. The psalmist is saying, you know what? There's people who brag about being from all kinds of places that are all kinds of great in God, no, not God's eyes, in the world's eyes. But, but how much more glorious, how much more wonderful is it to be from this place that God has sanctified, this place that truly is glorious and beautiful in God's eyes because he chose that place and sanctified it uh, and used it for his great purposes, that would be a much better, you could really glory in that. Now, Marilyn, I'm not from Jerusalem. Uh, I'm not from Jerusalem, but I understand tonight I have a heavenly citizenship. I really do, right? Uh, I'm a citizen of, of the United States of America. By the way, aren't you grateful for that? Are you grateful for that tonight? Not a perfect country, but it's the best one that ever has been. It's the best one that ever has been. I praise God for our nation. Pray for our nation, please. Pray for our nation. I'm thankful to be a citizen of this great nation. Uh, Mike, uh, my ultimate citizenship, though, is, is, is in heaven. Uh, and it's really that new Jerusalem, that heaven on earth place that we look forward to as, as our sort of final eternal place, the place that you know, we'll spend the, the, the vastness of eternity in uh, together, worshiping and, and serving the Lord. Marilyn, I might not have the privilege to be able to say I'm from Jerusalem, you know, over, over there, but I do have the privilege to say my ultimate citizenship is in heaven, the new Jerusalem, that the Lord is preparing for me. I think this is the idea here. Look at verse 4. I, the psalmist, will make mention of Rahab and, and Babylon, places that are great in the world's eyes to them that know me. Behold, Philistia and Tyre. These are wicked places, but places that were great in the world's eyes uh, with Ethiopia. This man was born there. Uh, he, he marvels. He, he glories in that. Verse 5 and uh, and of Zion, it shall be said, this and that man was born in her. That would be a much greater privilege. Uh, and the highest himself shall establish her. Well, that's a phrase that's worth pondering for just a moment. The highest himself shall establish her. Uh, who's, this, go back this morning for a moment in your mind. Can't really go back in time, Gary, but we go there in our minds, right? Who will be, who is the one who will be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You said that this morning, right? It's the Lord himself, the Lord Jesus Christ. He'll be greatest, and we saw uh, his humility really coupled with that idea uh, and our call to humility that we saw this morning. Yeah, he'll, he'll, be, uh, he'll be the greatest in, in the kingdom of heaven because he alone is the Lord. He alone is God the Son. Uh, <laughs> Look, look again at this phrase at the end of verse 5. The highest himself shall establish her. He'll be the greatest uh, in the kingdom of heaven. He's the highest. You could, draw, you could draw a line from that passage this morning right through this verse. He's the highest. 
Uh, he is the one who will establish the new Jerusalem upon the earth for his people. And ultimately, that's, that's what matters. Maryland people could brag all day long about where they're from and uh, glory in that, but, but that's not what matters. What matters is, do you know Christ or not? Are you a citizen of his kingdom or not? Is the new Jerusalem your sort of final home or not? That's, that's all that matters. Verse 6 says, the Lord shall count when he writeth up the people, and uh, this man was born there, say law. That's something that's worth glorying about. And I think this is, this is the idea here. Look at verse 7. It's, it's the last seven. Forgive me. Verse 7 is the last verse uh, of the psalm. We'll look at some more verses in Revelation after this. But uh, verse 7 says this, As well the singers as the players on instruments uh, shall be there. I think this is the, the Jerusalem that the highest himself shall establish. That's the new Jerusalem. I believe this is the Jerusalem that the highest himself shall establish. Uh, here it's pictured as having singers uh, and players on instruments uh, being there. Uh, and he says, all my springs are, are in thee. Uh, the last phrase maybe is a little bit difficult, but I don't think the first part of the verse is, is difficult at all. Uh, you see people singing uh, and playing music. They're probably doing what? They're singing and, and, and playing music. What are, what are they probably doing? They're probably worshiping and praising the Lord, right? That's, that's probably what's in view here. Uh, those that have arrived in, in the new Jerusalem. You know, there's, there's singing and praising of the Lord in, in Jerusalem today. There are some Christians there. Uh, it's illegal to go there and, and share the gospel. Did you know that? People do it anyway, uh, and, and they sh as well they should. Um, it's, it, you could praise the Lord there today. You can sing and praise him and, and worship him and uh, no doubt that's a glorious thing to be able to do that in Jerusalem today. But Gary, not nearly as glorious as it will be uh, when that new Jerusalem comes down and we enter into that final habitation of God's people uh, and he is there and, and we with him uh, worshiping him. There's no, Bible says um, in Revelation, I forget if it's 21 or 22, there's no tabernacle, there's no tabernacle or temple in the New Jerusalem. Do you, you remember that, right? It, it, yeah, it's, yeah we, we don't need that because we, we'll be there with him. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, we, we, it, but we will worship him nonetheless. And uh, just imagine how perfect that worship will be. I don't think it'll be a struggle to worship him at all. Sometimes today it's a struggle, right? We, we struggle with distractions and all sorts of things. Uh, I don't think there'll be any struggle at all to worship the Lord uh, in the new Jerusalem. Uh, we'll be in our perfected resurrection state like him. Uh, there will be a perfect, wonderful, glorious worship. Singers as players on instruments shall, shall be there. Uh, a wonderful, wonderful, joyous celebration and worship of the Lord who will be there with us. Do we have some things to look forward to? We do. Would you turn over to Revelation 21? Revelation 21 uh, and 22. Please do that. Turn to Revelation 21, uh, if you would, please. Revelation 21 and 22 uh, are wonderful chapters, and boy, they're, they're worth going back to and, and reading and rereading uh, regularly. You know, if you get, Brother Ray, if you ever get discouraged, 
you, you want to you find some encouragement about our hope, our, our certain hope, you go back and, and you read through and study through the description of, of this new Jerusalem. And you, you'll not be able to stay discouraged because this is our hope. This is, this is our certain hope. Uh, all the way through Revelation 21 and good part of Revelation 22 is a description of the new Jerusalem. It's heaven on earth, uh, quite literally. Uh, look here in verse 3. I want to just kind of quickly look at some of these things. Uh, if you want to make a list, you can do that of, of some of the things that, that we'll see here. Uh, first thing, and I think more, most importantly, coming right on the heels of verse 7 in, in our psalm, is this is a place where the Lord will be, Mike. Uh, will not be there without him. It's a place of God's presence. Look at verse 3 there. John says, so this is his vision of the future New Jerusalem. He says, I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, uh, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them uh, and be their God. What an amazing privilege. God the Father, God the Son, both uh, clearly are, are in view uh, and, and present uh, in the New Jerusalem. May I say this? May I ask you this? May I ask you this? Is that something to sing about and to rejoice about? Uh, that, that kind of hope, being there in that place, uh, that much more glorious than the present Jerusalem, despite uh, the fact that God chose it and sanctified it and has used it so greatly, uh, this place where we will be present with the Lord. Uh, that's, that's something to sing about and to rejoice about. I think that's what's in view here uh, in verse 7 of our psalm. Brother Ray, you can't, you can't be discouraged. You can't stay discouraged if you start meditating, reading and meditating on and, uh, and, and praying through a passage like this. Look at verse 4. How about this? The new Jerusalem is a place without death without sorrow. Uh, it's a place of, of no crying. Uh, it's a place of no tears. Verse 4, God shall wipe away, wipe away all tears. Now, I know that there'll probably be some tears at the judgment seat of Christ. The Lord wiped them away, but I believe by the time we get ahead to the to New Jerusalem, there's not going to be tears. There shall be no more death. Praise God. Amen. There'll be no more death. Uh, if we don't experience the rapture before our death. We're going to experience death. Gary, I don't look forward to that. I don't think I know too many people that do. We can look forward and we should look forward to what comes after that, but the process of dying and getting, that's not something we look forward to, right? We'll need to look forward, we'll need to look to the great Lord for grace uh, to get through that. By the way, uh, when that day comes, if we don't go home first in the rapture, do you anticipate that you will be able to find grace from the Lord to get through the process of dying? I know we don't like to think about that, but will the Lord be present in that and be available to you to give you grace to get through that day? Will he? He will. So it doesn't make any sense to worry about that, right? It doesn't make any sense to worry about that. When that day comes, Brother Ray, Lord Jesus, he'll be present. He'll not have forsaken us. He'll be present, and his grace be available to us to get us through that day. I don't think we have anything to worry about at all, do we? We have nothing to worry about at all. And then beyond that, there is no more death. We're through the millennium. We know there'll be death in the millennium, 
Those children who are born and who don't come to Christ, they will die. We looked at that recently. But by the time we get ahead to the New Jerusalem, there's no more death. There's no, neither sorrow nor crying, uh, neither shall there be any more, what's the next word, what's the P word there? No more what? Pain. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Mike, no more pain. Uh, for the former things are what? They're passed away. All of those things are in the past. They'll not be part of our present or our future from this day forward. That's, that's a glorious thing. Uh, is that something to sing about and rejoice about? And, and so, Marilyn, are you surprised if, if verse 7 of our psalm is, is picturing this scene, the new Jerusalem coming and, and our entering into it, we'd not be surprised to see singing and rejoicing uh, on that day. May I say this, and I, and I think this is clear, Carolyn, uh, if, if this is our hope and it's a certain hope, we should just start singing and rejoicing now, right? Don't wait. Sing and rejoice now. We come into this building to worship the Lord and to praise him. Sing it out because we have something to sing about and to rejoice about. Lord, help us. Put a joy in our hearts uh, at, at this kind of a hope. Uh, I'm not going to read verse 8, but it, it shows us this is a place of no sin and no sinners, Praise God. Brother Ray, we, we were lamenting today all the sin and the sinfulness and the sinners in the world. You, you were lamenting the sinful driving that we see on the road. There's not going to be any of that. Amen? There's not going to be any of that. There's, there's not going to be any of the world's stumbling blocks being set before us. That Lord warned us about there in the first part of Matthew 18 this morning. There won't be any of that. There's not going to be any sin uh, or sinners present. And, and so is that something to sing about and to rejoice about? Do you think? Do you think those people in verse 7, of verse, they've got something to sing about and to rejoice about? Rich, is this our hope? This is our hope. Carolyn, we can sing and rejoice today knowing this is our hope. This is our future. Uh, how about this? Look at verse 11. Revelation 21, verse 11. Um, the new Jerusalem is lit by the beautiful light of the Lord's presence. Can you imagine? Uh, having the glory of God in her light was like unto a stone most precious, uh, even like a jasper stone, clear uh, as crystal. There's other verses we could look at, but boy, uh, what, what an amazing thing. That, that's something to sing about and to rejoice about today. Uh, it's a very beautiful place. And if we won't do this tonight for time's sake, but if we began reading in, at verse 18 and just started reading for, I don't know, eight or ten verses, uh, the beauty of this place is, is just extraordinary. We'll read verse 18. The building of the wall of it was of jasper. The city was what? What is it? Pure gold, like unto clear glass. Um, that's not 18 karat gold. That's absolutely pure gold. Imagine the extraordinary beauty of this. Uh, the extra and, and, and gold pictures so many things. Uh, royalty, uh, perhaps. Um, worth and value, perhaps. This, and the purity of it, no doubt, pictures the, the purity of, of Christ. Uh, and the purity, the, the complete sanctification that, that we will know on that day, in that day, be, because of Christ. Uh, and, and that's a beautiful thing, Marilyn, our perfect sanctification in God's eyes. That, that's a beautiful thing. I think on, on this day, 
will we'll marvel at the physical beauty of the new Jerusalem, but more than that, I think we'll marvel at the perfect sanctification that, that we will all enjoy. Do you ever get frustrated with each other? You don't have to say, oh yeah, pastor, I get frustrated with you. You don't have to, I get frustrated with you, pastor. <laughs> you don't have to say that. Um, one thing that, I don't know if I've preached this before, Brother Ray, but I, I've shared this thought in, in private lots of times. Uh, when you get frustrated with someone, you know, you, wisdom and, and obedience Lord may require that, that you go and address a, a concern to them so that you can be reconciled. But here, here's something else, here's something else. Uh, if, if you can just get a hold of the idea in your mind, hey, you know what? That person, I'm going to try hard not to point to anyone, that person with whom I'm frustrated today, there is a day coming when both of us will be perfected by the Lord. No more sin nature, perfectly sanctified. That's a beautiful thing in God's eyes. That'll be a beautiful thing uh, in our eyes. Will not be a source of frustration uh, to each other at all anymore. That's a good thing, right? All we have to do is get from here to there. Amen? And, and we can. We, we can be loving and choose to demonstrate grace because the Lord makes that possible. We have to keep on choosing to do that because there's going to be things that will be frustrating this side of heaven. But boy, uh, what, we, we have a, a perfect, uh, a perfected fellowship to look forward to uh, on, on this day. Uh, verses 22 and 23, you're in Revelation 21. I've already mentioned this, does not have a temple. Uh, John says I, in verse 22, I saw no temple therein for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. Both the Father and the Son are present. They're called the temple of this place. Uh, there's, there's no temple. Uh, and so it would appear that once we get beyond the millennium, there's the sacrifices cease. Uh, there's no more temple. There, there'll be no, no more need or use for that at this point. Uh, verse 23, we've already alluded to this. There's, there's no need of a sun or a moon either. The city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. Can you imagine? Uh, there, there's, a, there's a quality of, of Lord which, which is glorious, his nature is glorious. But Gary, apparently that's, that's accompanied by a physical, visible glory, a radiant glory that will light this place. And it's not a small place. Uh, we have the measurements given. It's, it's enormous. It's, it's huge. Uh, his glory will light this place. I can't even imagine. I, I can't even imagine. Look with me in the next chapter, Re Revelation 22. Uh, it's a place that's described as having a, well, look, look at verse 1. He showed me a pure river of water of life, uh, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God uh, and of the Lamb. It has this beautiful crystal river uh, described as water of life. I know we've, we've talked about that verse and things that it may picture. Uh, the Lord's provision, his sustenance, uh, all, all of that, probably much more. It's called pure. Don't miss that. It's, it's beautiful in that sense. Uh, it's probably visibly uh, uh, beautiful to look upon, but there's a purity that will remind us of uh, our perfect sanctification. Brother Ray, the perfect holiness of our Savior and, and the, the godly beauty of all of that. Tree of life is there. Verse 2, in the midst of the street of it, there's streets there, and on either side of the river, this crystal river, uh, was there the tree of life, 
uh, which bare 12 manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. Uh, and the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. Much could be said. Uh, time prevents that tonight. Look at verse um, 3, please. Um, and this, this is extraordinary. Just, just try to consider this uh, for a moment. Verse 3, the first part of verse 3, shows us that the curse that came upon the creation, Brother Ray, as a result of the sin in the garden, it's lifted. It is no more. The uh, Bible says here, and there shall be no more curse. I read that again. There shall be no more curse. Praise God. Amen. There'll be no curse upon us, upon our thinking, upon our hearts, upon our bodies, upon any aspect of creation. There shall be no more uh, curse. Does that mean there's not going to be any um, annoying insects or rodents? Uh, don't you think those things probably came with the curse or maybe their behavior? I don't, maybe it's just their behavior. No more curse. No more curse upon us. Praise God. Our thinking, our bodies, every aspect, every element of creation will be as the Lord desires. No curse upon it at all. Uh, and listen, that's, that's really why there can be no more sickness, no more death. Because the curse is removed, right? This is, this is our hope. This is our future. Is that something to sing about and to rejoice about on that day? Marilyn is, right? And, and Carolyn, if it is then, it is now too. Lord, give us hearts to celebrate these hopes, uh, to sing about them and to rejoice about them today. Look at verse 4. Uh, and they, uh, the inhabitants, the residents of this place, it's us. The they is us. They shall see his face. Uh, his servants shall see his face. We will see the Lord. We will see his face. By the way, this is consistent with the promise in 1 John 3, 2. Maybe write that down as a cross-reference. 1 John 3, 2 says this, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, we'll be resurrected and perfected, for we shall see him as he is. And praise God for that. Matthew 5, 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. God the Father, God the Son, God and the Lamb, both, both present. Um, Marilyn, just, just try to grasp that. It's, uh, what, what an amazing privilege we will enjoy in that. We will see the Lord face to face. Uh, we've already seen the idea of verse 5. There's no more night it doesn't get dark. There's no more night. Uh, verse 5, there shall be no night there. They need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light. Mike, that's amazing. The glory of God will light this place. Uh, what an amazing, amazing scene that we have uh, to look forward to. Look at, look at the next part of verse 5. We'll reign with the Lord forever. They... Those who are there, it's us, uh, shall reign forever and ever. Carolyn, is that something to sing about, to rejoice about? And we start doing that now. Uh, we have a wonderful hope. Mike, we may not get to Jerusalem this side of heaven. It's okay. In the millennium, we'll get to that Jerusalem. And it'll be a much better place to be there then. Beyond that, we have all of this to look forward to, 
the new Jerusalem, heaven on earth. Church, do you have something to sing about? Do you have something to praise him for? Do you have a certain hope? Is it wonderful? Is it glorious? Is it because of the Lord Jesus Christ? Yes, it is. It's because of him and him alone. He makes this hope, this certain hope, possible.